just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. The city is shutting down an 81-year-old's backyard concert series. So what's the deal there? Plus, when Central Ninth Kitchen is out of food, they mean it. Executive producer Emily Means is here to break down the news of the week and other local shenanigans. It's Wednesday, February 28th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Good morning, executive producer Emily Means. Good morning, Ali Vallarta. How are you? Are we robots? I know. I feel are like ChatGPT just dancers? wrote our intro there. <laughs> <laughs> no breaking news for you today, have I. <laughs> Speaking of are we robots. I, li- I live to see another day. <laughs> but we do have news to discuss, which takes us, I feel like this is very like in Carmen San Diego when they're like, let's go to, and like the map pans over to the location. <laughs> we are going to the east bench of Salt Lake City, the 15th and 15th neighborhood. Beautiful neighborhood. Beautiful neighborhood. Basically like, what, there's a Caputo's there, there's mm-hmm. Mazza, there's a King's English bookstore. There's a King's English bookstore is probably the the biggest landmark there, where an 81-year-old woman, now 81-year-old woman named Carolyn Charkanis has been hosting a a garden party, a backyard kind of concert party for 23 years, Saturday nights in the summer. And per reporting from Aaron Moore in Building Salt Lake, that's no more because the city put the kibosh on it. Okay, first of all, doing anything for 23 years, Allie, I can't imagine that. <laughs> I, would, oh. I would soon get tired uh, after maybe 23 days of doing Especially something. Especially a backyard party <laughs> with your neighbors. You'd be like, here comes Dan again with those Costco cookies. Like, <laughs> But that's not at all how Carolyn felt about her backyard party and how most of her neighbors seem to feel about it, too. Yeah. I think this story is interesting, Allie, because, you know, she really built this this space for people to hang out and to get to know each other, to eat free Mm -hmm. food, to listen to live music. And um, a lot of the people who came to her party seemed to be older people, which I think makes sense, especially for that neighborhood, like a lot of homeowners up there. And Honey, nobody young can afford to live in that neighborhood. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Those people's kids can't afford to be their neighbors. Yes, and you know, it seemed like these older folks who were coming to her parties, they just didn't want to drive, <laughs> you know, drive to a party elsewhere in the valley or go downtown and meet people. And so this was something that was really specific to this community and it went on uninterrupted for many years but uh, things started uh, started taking a turn when a particular neighbor had some complaints to share with the city about this party yeah the complaints being I mean 
do I even need to say it? <laughs> noise, you could noise, guess. noise, noise. <laughs> noise and cars. Noise and cars. Too many cars. I did see a note in the story there was like car damage or something. Like someone, maybe there was a fender bender or something. I don't know. That's totally alleged. But there was something related to like um, the congestion of cars mm-hmm. causing an accident or something. Not being able to park, I think, was also yeah. a concern. Like, oh, my friends can't come park here because there are too many other people parked here. Which, right. I mean, just a reminder, the street is public property and you're not entitled to uh, space on the street. Yeah. And the noise complaint is so interesting to me because, I mean, per Carolyn, she said we were usually done by like 9, 9.15. The latest that we'd ever be making noise breaking down this party was 10 p.m., which Salt Lake City has a good neighbor guide. And I double checked it this morning because I do think it's fun to read. Yeah, it's like it's literally just like this PDF and it's called the good neighbor guide and it goes through everything like pets, like no limit to dogs, but like they need to be vaccinated, whatever. Just like all the kind of different aspects. And under noise, it says limit noise between 10 p.m. and 7 a.m. So if this party's wrapped up by 10 p.m., like they're not really breaking a noise ordinance. And that's the point of this story is that like Carolyn's parties were shut down because basically they got too popular and started to be categorized as public facing events or concerts more than like backyard parties. And for that reason, regardless of the fact that they were respecting quiet hours necessarily, the city said, you know, you can't keep doing this. It's becoming basically an event and you are not zoned for concerts. You are zoned for regular schmegular neighborhood living. Yeah, just hanging. And I think what is important to mention about this story too, Ali, is that uh, the city came to this decision, you know, like 10 plus years after they had told Carolyn that Yeah, her parties, while not fitting into uh, the zoning code for her neighborhood, uh, they're a community benefit. And so they let her continue on with these parties for many, many years until this Mm -hmm. neighbor, until this uh, squeaky wheel kept coming to the city with these complaints. So, Mm -hmm. you know, now the neighborhood is out, a community gathering and... Um, I don't know. What do you think, Allie? It's kind of sad. It's so sad. I mean, I want to talk about third spaces. I want to talk about loneliness. I want to talk about the community elements of this story. But before we do, I also just like feel the need to categorize this story as a where there's a will, there's a way story. Same more. <laughs> and it just feels like there's always a way on the east side. Mm. Like, I feel like we so often hear about the city looking at a problem that community members are dealing with and being like, there's just nothing we can do about that, you know? And it's like, really? Because you guys, you really found a way to shut this down or to address this one neighbor's complaint here. But like, we can't find a way to enforce like, I don't know, not cutting off the sidewalk downtown in the middle of a construction project. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, it, it comes up as well for me, this idea that like, When it comes to like zoning, for example, right? Like we often rely on this on zoning as like an excuse to do things that may or may not actually have a community benefit. Mm -hmm. And it's like 
something that community activists bring up a lot that gets shot down by the high minds of Twitter is like, just because it's legal doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> and so it's like, I just invite, I think I invite us when we like are talking about this story and all the exceptions that are made in it and all the exceptions we should consider within it to like apply that framework to other communities and other parts of our city where just because something's legal doesn't mean that it's right. Mm. And also like we actually maybe can, like the Salt Lake County Health Department has this really complicated chart for determining like how many decibels of sound is appropriate given the time of day and the neighborhood. If we can be that meticulous in thinking through problem solving noise, we can be that meticulous and creative in other areas. Yeah, I think that's a fair point, Allie. And that's what just kept coming up for me. But anyway, let's get into the, the, the peanut butter here. Let's get into the peanut butter. First, I did want to say that, you know, we're kind of dunking on this squeaky wheel here, the neighbor who, who issued these complaints to shut down this 81-year-old woman's party. I, I do want to acknowledge that like that 15th and 15th neighborhood does see a lot of traffic from outsiders. Like for me, you know, I one of my greatest joys is going up to Caputo's in that neighborhood. And where do I park in front of someone's house? And so like I could see that maybe there's some frustration living in the living next to all these businesses here. But this is a community member. This is a neighbor. And I guess I would have expected um, a little bit more grace towards Toward, uh, toward a community building activity because I find, Ali, that they are so hard to come by. I don't know yeah. any of my neighbors. Like, I do live in a big condo building downtown, right? And I barely know the neighbors on my floor, but I definitely don't know my neighbors in the neighborhood. And one thing that I think, you know, is kind of different about Utah is that many neighborhoods have built-in communities based around the LDS church ward, right? And I remember mm. like growing up in Layton, Utah, in a suburb, uh, we were probably the only non-Mormon family in the neighborhood. And, you know, there would be a, a ward block party or something like that. And we didn't feel part of that. And so we just didn't know our neighbors besides the ones right next door to us. So I don't know. I think it's sad when we lose space that's come together so organically as this party that Carolyn was hosting um, for yeah. 23 years. And yeah, I just what do we lose when we lose those spaces? I mean, there are basically related to this story graphs that we are looking at as a society. And one is the decline of third spaces. Third spaces are basically our community living rooms. Like to your point, for some people that's a church, for some people that's a coffee shop, for some people that's a bar or Gallivan Plaza or a skate park, right? Mm -hmm. Or a neighborhood concert that they can walk to. And we are seeing a decline, have been seeing a decline in these kinds of spaces. It's something that I think cities and urban developers are trying to be more conscientious of building into new design. But like as a nation and as a society and even in Salt Lake City, like where do you go to just strike up a conversation mm -hmm. with strangers? Where do you go to build community or to find belonging, yeah. which is such an important part of feeling connected in your community, right? 
So that's the one chart is the slope down, the decline of third spaces. The other chart that you could lay right on top of it, and this story I think is somewhere in the middle where these two connect, is a increase in loneliness. Yeah. Like our Surgeon General has declared loneliness an epidemic in this nation. That is very severe. Like lacking social connection, that study found, and you know, Emily, that I am completely obsessed with this idea, can increase the risk for premature death by as much as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Oh my like, God. Like social connection is the fabric of our like health and wellness. And for older adults in particular, who this, you know, Carolyn's party pertains to, this story, they found that it accounts that social isolation among older Americans accounts for an estimated almost $7 billion in excess Medicare spending. That's nuts. And crazy that it's quantifiable like that. Crazy, 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 crazy. Like, we live in a time where 16% of Americans report feeling attached to their community. So like, yeah, I'm thinking about this story as being like where third space decline, loneliness incline kind of meet. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of painting this picture, Allie. And I think in Salt Lake, especially as this city grows and, you know, grows up and there are more people than ever living in this city, um, I think it's going to be harder and harder to find that to find that community connection. You know, I I feel kind of embarrassed because I introduce myself to a guy that I see in my building all the time. Like for the past mm -hmm. two years I've lived here, I see this man all the time. And one day I was just like, you know what? I should actually introduce myself. <laughs> nice to meet you, I'm Emily, his name is Scott. And it felt really good, Allie. <laughs> and yeah. like, I don't, they're just, there just aren't enough opportunities for that, and uh, I don't think we should be limiting ourselves when it, when it comes to building those human connections. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th, and this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, 
I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. I mean, I think something else to consider, like if, you know, we think about how we're building this city, when we think about density, when we think about the idea of embracing living closer together, whether that's via accessory dwelling units where people have like renters or a mother-in-law in their backyard or building condos in neighborhoods that are mostly, you know, have previously been zoned for single family mm-hmm. homes. Like one of the benefits of living closer is community care yeah. and this idea that we can like look out for each other. And again, what's so striking, I think in particular about this story is that this is not a frat party that Carolyn's hosting. This is not a gilded age, like fountain of champagne kind of party. <laughs> this is like older neighbors getting together and potlucking with a band, you yeah. know? And like for communities to be able to organize themselves in a way that's proximal enough that you like notice if you haven't seen your neighbor in a while or like you know during the pandemic it was really easy for me in a condo to like knock on my neighbor's door or slide a note underneath that was like hey how you doing like need anything I'm running to the store or whatever like that kind of care especially especially when we face the incredible cost of elder care and child care, community care is all that more critical. And it is funny to me that this particular neighborhood where we're seeing this complaint is a neighborhood that has been very resistant to density and living closer together. And so maybe there's also a lesson in there. This is a real community story. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. And I, I hope that the neighbor who complained... You know, I wonder if they felt left out in some way. Honestly, and it yeah. makes me so sad. This is a sad story, Allie, and I hope that they can connect with their neighbors in a meaningful way going forward. Yeah. I mean, the other thing about this like loneliness is an epidemic story that I'm so obsessed with is the fact that the average American reports having fewer than 3 close friends. And When people move to this city, we get questions all the time as hosts of this podcast, which I think one of the nicest compliments anyone's ever given CityCast Salt Lake is that they were we were described as a third space once in a review Um, is like, how do you make friends in this city? Like, how do you find meaningful connection? And I do think one of the easiest ways to do that is coworkers. Like so many places I've moved, my first friend group when I landed was coworkers Mm -hmm. and remote work makes that harder and like makes it harder, I think, to embed. So I guess if you're hearing this and it makes you sad because you are always looking for ways to foster connection in Salt Lake and this story like is disappointing to you, our Hey Salt Lake newsletter is a great resource. Yeah. (laughs) 
It is. It is, though. It really does feel like a little community bulletin board. Um, mm-hmm. You can subscribe <laughs> at saltlake.citycast.fm. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to turn this into a, a pitch. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> we do what we can. We're business-minded women. Okay. Um, I do think we should talk about the Love Your Block grant program, which is the city's effort to fund community projects that are kind of grassroots. I love this, Allie. Um, This is a great way to foster community connection. This program is specific for residents primarily of Westside neighborhoods. And basically, you can apply this funding to many different types of projects. Some that have been funded in the past are murals and alleyway cleanups and like neighborhood bulletin boards and things like that and community gardens yeah it's really cool and the city council actually permanently funded this program last year and the difference this year is that there are two programs that are funded through love your block there is the mini grants program which applies to those murals and gardens and things like that that we just mentioned. And then there's a community action fund, which is like a quick turnaround. You want to clean up uh, an alleyway. You want to, you know, you want to pull some trash out of the Jordan River kind of thing. Um, so there, those are the two programs funded through Love Your Block. And like I mentioned, it's mostly for residents of West Side neighborhoods, although this year they added the ballpark neighborhood. So hmm. that is a, a new twist to this program. Um, there is a total of $25,000 in city funding available. And uh Projects can be awarded up to $2,000. And the coordinator of this program said to think of that money as seed money, because in the past, other organizations have stepped up to help out people who've, you know, who've won these grants and like further fund their projects if that's needed. So Hmm. I think this is a really cool opportunity. And the city team will help you with your application. And the number one piece of advice that the coordinator gave me to share with folks for their application is to show how it will improve your community, show that there's community buy-in for this project. So get your neighbors involved in this and you'll have a better chance of being a grantee. How much is the biggest possible pot in this grant? The biggest possible pot? Up to $2,000. That's as much as you can get for one project. But again, hopefully that's just seed money. And, um, you know, there are some community organizations that have thrown more into a project to kind of help see it across the finish line in the past. So if you're interested in this program, um, there's actually going to be an event this Thursday, February 29th uh, at HK Brewing, which I think is in Ballpark, right, Allie? And, yeah, technically, uh, I think that is. Yeah, I think so. And that's because, like I said, Ballpark is the newest neighborhood involved in the Love Your Block grant program. So you can mm. go to that event, talk through some ideas with your neighbors, and yeah, see see what you can do to make your community a better place. I love this Love Your Block grant program. My first idea was, um, how much does it cost to build a pickleball court? Because I'm like, yeah. if I'm the diehard pickleballers club on the west side, which currently I think doesn't have any pickleball courts, though they are going to repurpose uh, those Glendale tennis courts into pickleball courts. Right. But, um, you know but what? I think it's 
closer I, to like 30 grand. I, to think the, I think the pickleball court idea might be better suited for the city's, what is it, capital improvement program? Mm, that's where CIP, the big, yep, baby. CIP, baby, that's where the big bucks are. This is more for smaller projects. Um, and yeah, I think the other thing I like about this is it really is a way to get to know your neighbors because your neighbors kind of have to be part of the project. You know, like if you're going to go out and clean an alleyway, you need volunteers for that. So it kind of forces Mm -hmm. you to knock on doors and get to know folks. Okay. Could Carolyn build a concert venue? Just kidding. (laughs) Um, Maybe with some CIP funding. (laughs) Carolyn's like, I'm done. Y'all can go down to the Commonwealth room. I'm calling it. Uh, let's do some shout outs and get out of here. Wow. I mean, not to break the spell, but we haven't said the word Utah legislature once today, Emily. <laughs> Doesn't that feel good? Doesn't that you feel good? I actually Back do to feel business. really light after this, Allie. Like, it's been a rough, you know, 40 some odd days for a lot of folks. So let's <sighs> end on a high note. Tired, talking about the state. Inspired, talking about the city. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you want to go first for shout-outs or you want me to go? Um, I'll go. I would like to shout-out Central Ninth Market for a burger that rocked Ugh. my world, Allie. Mm. Um, I've been on a mm-hmm. major burger kick, which, you know, I don't know that my my doctor would love hearing that from me. But on Mondays, Central Ninth Market does Smash Burger Night, if people aren't familiar with mm-hmm. that. It's only Monday, and... They're just so freaking good. They're on these homemade buns that mm-hmm. I, I really think you need a good bun on a burger, alley. Otherwise, like, what's what's the point? I just kind of tear the bun off as I go if it's not good. The bun, Is it a smash burger? It's a smash burger. And mm-hmm. I actually think it might be a double patty, too. But it's smashed, yeah. so it's not, like, you know, unmanageable. Um, I got a cheeseburger and... People are lining up for these burgers, y'all. You need to get there 15 minutes before they start. They start at 6 p.m. on Mondays. Uh, Get in line by 5.45. I shouldn't be telling this secret to everyone, but we try not to gatekeep on this show. And yeah, enjoy a burger from Central 9th. You know who made you that burger is my boy Joseph Ezra. His... Thank you for the short notice is his like food pop up. And oh. he's he's all over the place. He started partnering with Sunburst Fog Oyster Company, which I think okay. was one of my shout outs. The Oyster I Guy. A, week a couple months ago. <laughs> the Oyster Guy. The Oyster Guy. And they like do some stuff together too. But yeah, he's king of the grill. I got to tell you, Central Ninth Market, we just missed each other because I went there Sunday mm. to try and get a sandwich. And... I got there around like 3 p.m. and there was this sign on the door that said, we are out of food. Um, Come back at 7 p.m. for like wings and slices because they also do Sunday evenings. Like sometimes they do a fish fry or whatever. It was like, come back at 7 p.m. for wings and slices. And then I still kind of like reached for the door because it's that thing where you see a sign and you're like, Okay, but really? Like, <laughs> you know, like, but are you, let me just ask. If Out I could just talk food? to someone. So I like kind of reached for the door. And then right as I reached for it, I saw like a second kind of note that had been tacked on top of it at the bottom that said, for real, for real, oh do not God. come in. There is no food in here. Oh my and God, I was like, Allie. okay, fine. And then I turned around and one of the guys who works there was like kind of outside on the sidewalk smoking a cigarette. And he was like, yeah, 
no, there's no food. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, wow. Okay, I get it. They saw you coming a mile away. <laughs> they were like, "This woman is about to read this sign and then ask us if she can have a sandwich." <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I'm glad they stood their ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for real, for real. Frfr, there is no food in here. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> Bell out of order, please. Not no. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, Allie, what's so your good. shout out? Okay, my shout out is to Lynn Roberts, coach of the Utah Utes women's basketball team. I feel like I've been bringing them up a lot lately. It's because I've been having so much fun uh, going to the Chili's on Fourth South, having a margarita and getting on the red line. Riding the train up. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. It's only two stops. Very manageable (laughs) for me. Um, But... So these ladies are about to wrap up their regular season. They're now ranked 18th after an incredible win against USC uh, last week. But their next home game is at 3 p.m. on Mm. Thursday, which is leap day. And head coach Lynn Roberts wrote an excuse note that you can download from their website (laughs) that you can give to a teacher or an employer so that you can leave work early to go to the game at 3 p.m. on Thursday. (laughs) And it is like the cutest thing ever. And also I figured if I formally submitted it to you, Emily, (laughs) on the show, then it would be harder for you to (laughs) refute my request. May I please be excused at 2.30 p.m. on Thursday so that I can go cheer for the Utah Utes women's basketball team. I mean, it's for a good cause. I feel like if I say no, that I'm not supporting women's sports. That's right. (laughs) That was a trap. I will share the link uh, in the episode description in case you want to download it and send it to your parent or boss or maybe both if it's a family business (laughs) all right let's get out of here emily have a great day have a great day Allie. that is all for us today here on citycast salt lake hey i want to give a quick shout out to our founding citycast salt lake members you are incredible a little bit each month goes a long way in sustaining this show and making sure that we can be here for a long, long time. You get cool perks like ad-free listening, invites to fun events that we're doing, like an upcoming fun run. We've done some walking tours. Um, you also just get to join a cohort of some of the most thoughtful people in this city who are among the 16% of Americans who feel connected to their community. So check out membership at membership.citycast.fm. Thank you so much. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Have a great day.